All the moms get a card. Well, well, let's give them a hand one more time. Let's just give them a big hand. Thank God for you. Glad that you're here. And let's give these kids a hand as they go back to their class. Super guys, girls. Y'all going to class? Y'all going now? Y'all going to class? Y'all get going. Go on. Y'all going to class? Going to class? Go take a nap. <laughs> How many ever use that line? Go take a nap. I'm not tired. Well, your mom and I are. Good to see y'all today. I want to share some things with you. How many ever learned anything from your mom? I want to go over a few stuff with you. Why did my mom teach me? My mother taught me about anticipation. Just wait till your dad gets home. Huh? I remember that. Uh, uh. My mother taught me about receiving. When you get home, you're going to get it. My mom taught me how to meet a challenge. What were you thinking? Answer me. Talk to me. What were you thinking? My mother taught me logic. If you fall off that swing and break your neck, you're not going to the store with me. <laughs> My mom taught me medical science. If you don't cross, stop crossing your eyes like that, you're going to stay that way. My mom taught me to think ahead. If you don't pass your test, you're not ever getting a job. My mom taught me about humor. When the lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. My mom taught me how to become an adult. If you don't eat your vegetables, you're never going to grow. My mom taught me about genetics. You're just like your father. My mom taught me about roots. Were you born in a barn? My mom taught me about wisdom of age. When you get to be my age, you'll understand. And here's a good one. My mom taught me about justice. One day, you're going to have kids just like you. And you're going to learn. Huh? You're going to learn what it's like. <laughs> That's good, huh? No, don't pray that over them. No, don't pray that over You know, next week we're going to be honoring our, our seniors, and so we're going to be giving some gifts and honoring them. But uh, I got in touch with Brother Jake. I said, I, wanted to, I want the seniors who are graduating this year to honor their moms. So we got a few letters from some of our seniors. And this is a letter from Amos to his mom, Loretta. Mom, you are the best in the world. You keep me in line and my eyes on God. I know you... 
I know you are about to go through a tough time with me going on and what I must go through with my life. But, but just know that I love you and I always will. Stay strong and keep your faith. I love you. Here's a letter from Autumn. To the greatest mom in the world. My mom is a special woman who happens to be the greatest mom in the world. She puts God in her family before everything else. She only wants the best for her children and would do anything for them. My mom is one of the kindest and the strongest people I know. She's God's masterpiece, beautiful inside and out. I am very thankful God picked her to be my mom and would not trade her for anyone else. Autumn, you and your mom raise your hand. Yeah, there you Autumn's not here? Oh, she's in... Oh, yeah. But anyway, that was from Autumn for you. Isn't that sweet? Hallelujah. Okay. Here's from Brittany. I have a lot to say about my mama. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. My mom has been one of the most inspirational persons in my life. My mom has shaped and raised me into a person who I'm proud to be. She has encouraged me in everything I've striven for in life. She has been right by my side cheering me on from my first dance recital to cheerleading tryouts and now graduation. When I failed and was ready to quit, she was there to catch me and comfort me. She has taught me, she has taught me to go through every situation, good and bad, to always put Christ first. Our personalities and attitude clash many of times. By the end of the day, I know that she loves me with all of her heart. There is nothing we wouldn't do for each other, no matter the situation, through thick or thin. Throughout my life, she has been the person I have looked up to the most, my role model, and I hope to be half the woman she is one day. Hannah. Hannah, where are you? Where's Hannah? There you are. Okay, this is from Hannah to her mom. I couldn't ask for a better life. I have two parents who have been married for 30 years and have never given up. My mother was, has the biggest heart I've ever seen. Her compassion for anyone in need inspires me to strive to be like her. She works constantly every day, whether she's at work or at home. And I don't think she gets the credit she truly deserves. As she carries the weight of the world upon her shoulders, she never asks anything in return. There's a song that says, when I love, I give it all I got, like my mother does. It always reminds me of the unconditional love my mom has. Any decision I make always revert back to the way my mom has taught me. I love it. I love her just as she loves me. And God has given me a very special mother. And I would be blessed to turn out even an ounce of the person she is. Well, that says a lot. Now, this is from a special young lady. And because of the content, I'm not going to ask her or her mom to raise the hands. But you're going to get a thrill out of this one. My mother has many faces. Her Friday face, when the week is winding down and there's no more homework or a constant battle to get out the door. Then there's her, I can't believe you just said that face, which is a hint of shock when a, with a side of embarrassment. And of course, her, I'm about to beat you with my flip-flop in front of God and everyone else's face. <laughs> out of all of her faces, mom probably... Is best at that one. This was not a subtle, modest form of disciplinary style. Her flip-flop came off her foot and made contact with whatever she could hit as fast as she could move without feeling embarrassed. And mind you, if you were to smart off somewhere in public, the embarrassment would come later. 
As if spanking your child with a flip-flop wasn't enough, when she was done with the shoe and she put it back on her foot, she would merely say, Jesus said, grabbeth a rod and beateth the child. <laughs> Later, I learned that my mother had very much so took Proverbs 23, 13 to heart. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. We didn't die. And we actually turned out pretty well, if you ask me. Isn't that a great one? Uh, Flip-flop queen. <laughs> Sam, is your stepmom here? She's here? Okay. Sam, as you know, just got out of boot camp and, go, and she's in the Navy and getting ready to leave again. She wanted to write to her stepmom, Pam. Dear Pam, first I want to say Happy Mother's Day to you as one of the strong persons day in and day out. You've gone through something a lot of moms haven't and a lot of moms who have, and that was seeing their oldest and only daughter leave for the military. I remember the quality time we had in the summers when I, I would visit and you were French braiding my hair, which I still have no idea what to do, how to do it. Going to the zoo and scrapbooking events, and I always told my dad I wanted a little sibling, and when you, when you came into our lives, I got that. I thank God every day that altogether you brought a lot of happiness in, and not just my life, but my dad's. You and I have ups and downs, but every stepmom and stepdaughter do. I'm not, the, I'm not only proud to call you my stepmom, but I'm proud to call you a Navy mom. Happy Mother's Day. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Mother's Day. Well, I tell you, we have so many moms. Some of my greatest heroes are the grandmothers in this church that are and have been raising their grandchildren. They've raised their children, then they end up raising their grandchildren. Also, you know, there's a, a stepmoms who's... I, I do a wedding, a special wedding that I have written for a combining of families. And not only does the husband say the vows to his wife and the wife to the husband, but they also make vows to the children. And the stepchildren become children. There's no stepchildren involved. They become one family and they make vows to each other. And I admire the families in this church and that I've met that have had combining families come together and make it work. And God bless you for that. And just everyone who does such a hard job in keeping the families together and moms starting early in the morning and all the baseball and the work and the studies and homework and everything else. And uh, us guys think we're strong, but you women, y'all are something else. I, I, think, uh, I think the next president we have ought to have a good mama by his side telling him how to run the country. <laughs> president Bush did. <laughs> anyway, I want you to see this scripture in Isaiah 66, verse 11. Well, I saw this on somebody's Facebook. I'm always stealing something on somebody's Facebook. And somebody had this. Without children, my house would be clean, my wallet would be full, but my heart would be empty. Isn't that good? That's so true. Isaiah 66, 11 through 13. Drink deeply of her glory, even as an infant drinks at his, his mother's comforting breast. This is what the Lord says. I will give Jerusalem a river of peace and prosperity. The wealth of the nations will flow to her. Her children will be nursed at her breast and carried in her arms and held in her lap. I will comfort you there in Jerusalem as a mother comforts her children. I want to speak about the potential that a mother has, the potential to comfort. And when you look up that word comfort, it's used here three times. It means to give strength, to give hope and cheer. It means to ease the grief and the trouble. It means to console and to support. How many of you know mothers do that? 
I wrote a few things that mothers do. A mother is a comfort because she's our safe place. A mom accepts me just like I am. A mom loves me no matter how I am being or what I do. You know, that's so true. So many times I get angry and, and I want to get Cindy on my side to fuss the boys. And she ends up taking the boys' side and I feel like I'm standing there alone. A mama just loves her boys. It's a safe place. A mom's influence develops their ability to love and increase love within them. A mom creates love and good works within a child. A mom gives them an opportunity to grow. A mom is someone I can be myself around. A mom is someone who allows me to be on the outside what I am on the inside. A mom teaches me how to deny myself and to show others the love of God. A mom allows me to become the person God intends me to be. My mom's touches leaves me a better person. My mom has helped me to follow Jesus and be like Christ. And a mom helps me to love others. You know, so many times you wake up every day and your thoughts don't go there, but many times you don't realize the impact you're having every day on your children. One of the things I wanted to share with you is that this old book, it's fallen to pieces, but when you open it inside, it has the name of my great-grandmother who came from Kansas. And this book was written in the eight, 1880s, and it was a devotional, and she even has uh, taped in here a prayer that General MacArthur said that she cut out of the paper that day. But my great-grandmother used to sit my dad down and read to him devotions out of this book. And, of course, my dad became a minister and opened up a, a number of ch churches around Louisiana. But then when I was about two years old, the first book I remember my mom reading was this book right here. The pages come out of it and everything. But it was about a, a, a family full of drunkards who the mama started telling the little girl about David Livingston stories in Africa. And the little girl, Mary, ended up going to Africa as a missionary and winning thousands and thousands to the Lord because her mother would read to her till her, their drunken dad would get home. Then they would hide the books and, and go to bed real quick. And my mom was raised in a very alcoholic, abusive home. And so she read this book to me, never realizing that she was sown a seed into a son that would end up spending 18 years on the mission field. And so you never know what you've done or what you're doing, even at a child's youngest age, that you've imparting a seed into them that's going to grow and cause them to become something special, something you can't see, but yet God intended it, and he will even lead you without you knowing in things you can do for your children. And one of the things I want to share with you about the value of a mom is that, you know, God created a man and a woman, and he made them one flesh because it, took, it takes a man and a woman together to show some of the character of our God. And one of the scriptures I want to share with you is in John 1.14, talking about Jesus and a mother is so Christ-like. I want you to see something here. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. There's three words I want to take out of this scripture here to show you that Jesus became flesh. The spirit of love and mercy of God was manifested in a real body. When you see that your mother is the, the fleshly evidence of a God who loves you and gave you life. And one of the words I want you to see is the word dwelt. That word dwelt means for a loving, giving spirit to dwell within a body. It means that they are able to connect with us in ways to know that they're for us and they're present. It means to be safe. It means to be secure, knowing that they are there and they're not far away. Then the second word is grace, which means unmerited favor. It means that someone is by my side and they are for me. 
unconditional love. It's not based upon how good I am or how well I do. They love me no matter what. I do not have to earn that love. They just love me unconditionally. How many feel like you have the love of a mother like that? And the third thing I want to share with you is the word truth. It speaks of a relationship, but it speaks of honesty. Being real with each other and living out the truth, not just speaking it, but living it. It means confrontation and love when it's needed. It means to share love even if it hurts. And where we're wrong, we need to change. It doesn't accept things as they are totally. It wants to make them better out of love. And you know, there's a picture you see when it comes to babies, and it's about the stork. How, how many ever use that for your uh, wedding, your baby invitations, or the, uh, uh, the, what you call it when you're going to have a baby shower? You use the stork. Well, I looked up the stork, and there's some interesting things here I want to bring out about the stork. The stork is the most loving, tender of all animals in the animal kingdom. It's known as the top. They are careful to watch over and tenderly care for their babies. Even throughout life, a lot of other animals, their babies grow up and they let them go. A stork will keep a relationship with this baby all of its life. When a stork gets too old and has trouble flying, another stork will come and raise its wings underneath its, the elderly's weaker wings and help it fly and gets to its destination. They will allow them to rest their wings upon their wings and they're one of the most touching, nurturing, and protecting animals that there is. The Greek word for stark is starch. It means tender, nurturing, empathetic, and affectionate. It speaks of a mother's womb. Listen to this. The stark is a symbol of a mother's womb. It's a place of warmth, security, and trust. The word nurture means to cause something to come forth so it can be loved and loved. The word nurture means to care, to encourage the growth and development of that person. It means to cherish. It means to help upbring education and to create an environment. It's even the word for foster parent. It means to cultivate, encourage, to assist, to help, to strength, and to fuel one's life. That's the job of a mother. How many of you? That's a full-time job. The Bible says in Psalms 22, verse 9 and 10, Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb, and you led me to trust you at my mother's breath. breast. Verse 10. I was thrust into your arms at my birth. I believe that's the baby dedication right there. I was thrust into your arms, Lord, at birth. And you've been my God from the moment I was born. You brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust from my mother's breast. I want to share with you, as it said here about nurturing and this scripture right here. A mother has so much influence in the area of the environment. Do you know that even when the baby is in the womb, it can hear everything you say? It feels your emotions. It hears what other people say around you. The music you play has a lot to do with the baby's development. Uh, the, uh, everything that it can hear, even from inside of the womb, has something that goes down into its spirit. What you feel, the baby feels. And so here David is talking about, I could feel the spirit of God in me from being inside of my mother from her womb to her breast I felt the presence of God and you can help give them that love there's three ways that the Starks are known for uh, demonstrating love and I want you to hear that this is important how to demonstrate love number one the affectionate touch we were all created for affection without it we would not grow up healthy touching says you're important you belong to me and you have value if a child is not touched, this is proven through history. 
If a child is not touched in the right way as a child, that child will allow himself or herself to be touched in the wrong way as a teen. So many times we get upset with our teenagers. We think, you know, how could they get pregnant before they were married? How could this happen? Why, why or do they always have to have a boyfriend and girlfriend? Why are they always going out and staying out late? We wonder many times what we did wrong. And according to studies is that if a child is not touched enough, there will always be a void in their life that they're going to go searching for someone to touch them. And since they weren't touched in the right way, it opens a door to be touched in the wrong way. That's how important touching is. And how many of you know your child never gets too old not to be touched? They make it to the point they where go, no, nah, don't touch, no, nah, don't do that. Nah, nah. But you know what? They say that on the outside, but on the inside, there is part of their soul that is still crying out to be touched. So touching is one of the ways to demonstrate love, according to that word, storage. The second way is eye contact. The eyes are the windows of the soul. It's where love is communicated to the baby. Now listen how the Greek says this. And we read the scripture about a flow a while ago. Listen to this. When you look at your baby's eyes, they drink from the flow of your eyes. In other words, what you feel will flow inside of them. It's proven that if a child does not see love in its parents' eyes, they will be wounded for the rest of their life. They will feel awkward, insecure, separated, and out of place in their relationships. That's how important a mother's touch and the look in her eyes is. Number three. The tone and the voice. Babies learn to bond and to trust by the look in the parent's eyes, the loving, gentle touch, but also the loving, gentle words. There is something about in the voice of the mom and dad that creates something in that child to better grow into a, a person of success in a business person and having a great marriage. I don't know about you, but... I was talking to Colonel Angelos a while back, and my wife and I, kids, we like to watch program when we can. Sometimes we have to change the channel. But how many have ever seen the Big Bang Theory? Anybody ever seen the Big Bang Theory? It's about four scientific nerds who work for NASA, and uh, they're four guys, but they can never keep a relationship. I mean, girls always breaking up with them. They don't know how to communicate. The little guy from India, he can't even talk to a girl. He's got some type of problem that when a girl's around, he can't even speak. If you've never seen it, you can go watch it. Anyway, here's these four guys. They can't keep a relationship. They can't make it through life. But also, if you watch the program, neither, none of them have an, uh, 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 they don't have a relationship with their mother. Their mothers holler at them, especially the Jewish boy named Howard. He's got a mama that'll holler. Howard! Yes, Ma! I want you to come ride in my bath! And she hollers about everything, and he hollers back. Well, he just got married last week. And the girl he married hollers too. And so he's standing outside the door because he can't see the bride. All of a sudden, you hear the future wife holler, Howard! And he, without thinking, goes, Yes, Ma! Oh, honey! I mean, he married somebody just like his mom. But you see, all four boys, their lives are messed up because they didn't have the touch. They didn't have the look. And they didn't have the tone and the voice. And if you think your job's not important, your children's future is developed by those three things in your life. Well, they never did without. Well, if you didn't do those three things, they did without. 
Those are things we have to constantly on guard and watch for. It's something about watching a mother pick up her baby and watch how that baby just responds as that mother picks it up. And, and the body language of that mom creates a heart to believe God. And God longs for us to learn how to receive his love. There's something I want to share with moms. Jude, Jude chapter 20 says to build yourselves up in the Holy Spirit, praying the Holy Spirit, but also reading the word of God. There's something I want to share with you moms today. There's a big lack in America as far as healthy and steady homes. Part of the problem is, is because you moms work so hard. Y'all clean. You keep care of your kids. You're always trying to encourage your husband. You're always trying to encourage your children. But the thing about it is, is that we have one day a year where we recognize you, but you need to be recognized every day. A lot of times you're given encouragement, but you're not receiving encouragement. There may be some moms here today, you just feel so tired. I'm always giving, I'm always giving, I'm always encouraging. I'm always encouraging my husband, I'm always encouraging my children. But yet they don't encourage me back and you feel like there's this void that's been formed in your life. And one of the things I want to share with you is that you need to learn how to build yourself up, encourage yourself in the Lord. And one of the ways, I'm going to give you a few things here to think about. One of the ways you can encourage yourself in the Lord is to repeat some of the Psalms that David said. I want you to say this Psalms with me. I am fearfully... And wonderfully made. Just the ladies. You guys already think you're awesome. So just the women. I want the women to be able to say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You need to get up and you need to say that every day. Every day you need to say that about yourself. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am made in the image of God. I'm beautiful on the inside and on the outside. If you don't encourage yourself, you will be drained and you will not be able to encourage others. I want to read another scripture to you that you ought to learn and write down. Psalms 131 verse 2. I have kept my feet on the ground. You need to write this down. You need to be grounded. Storms are going to come. Things are going to happen. And, and David's saying here, I've kept my feet on the ground. Look what it says here. I have cultivated a quiet heart. Say that with me. I have cultivated a quiet heart. It's not going to come by itself. You're not going to inherit a quiet heart. It's something you're going to have to work on. It's something you're going to have to pray about. And it's something you're going to have to meditate on. That when the storms come, when things happen, you better say, wait a minute, I've cultivated a quiet heart. Look what it goes on to say. Like a baby's content in his mother's arms, my soul is a baby content. Is as a baby content. You've got to speak to yourself, I'm covered. God's covering me. God's protecting me. Look at this one in Psalms 27 verse 3. When besieged or when there's a war, look at this. I'm calm as a baby. Ladies, say that with me. I'm calm as a baby. Say that. I'm as calm as a baby. You need to write these scriptures down. Things are going to happen. People are going to blow up. Kids are going to come in with all kinds of stuff. There's going to be report cards. There's going to be this and that and the other. You're going around all the time saying, I'm a nervous wreck. I'm pulling all my hair out. Well, look, I'm giving you something else to say. I'm calm as a baby. I'm calm as a baby. And look what it says in the next verse. This is what I hear a lot of people say. When all hell breaks loose. Well, one person's honest. Thank God. I hear you. Man, all hell broke loose, Pastor. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, what you going to do? I'm collected. Whoa, and cool, baby. I'm collected and cool. I'm collected and cool. But don't you know what's happening? Yeah, baby, it's going to be okay. How can you say that? Because God's on our side. 
I've prayed for your brother today. It's going to be okay. When all hell breaks loose, I'm collected and cool. You've got to encourage yourself in this. Let's look at another one. Psalms 41 verse 12. You know me inside and out. Look what it says here. You hold me together. Let's practice that. Say it with me, ladies. You hold me together. You hear what these scriptures are saying? You hold me together. I'm cool and I'm calm. I'm grounded. I'm rooted. I'm not going to be one of these women you're threatening to send to Central. Stop saying you're going to put me in a straitjacket. Stop saying it's because of you and your brother I've got all these gray hairs. Don't say that. That is not in the Bible. It's because of y'all I'm on that little pink pill. No. It's because of Jesus I'm calm and I'm cool. And you take these scriptures down and you read them. Listen, you hold me together. You never, you never fail to stand me tall in your presence so I can look you in the eye. Listen, this is for men and women. When you feel a mood change coming on, anybody has a mood ring? Anybody has a mood change? When you feel your moods are getting ready to start changing on you, go to this scripture. You hold me together. I'm not going to lose it. I'm not going to kill Junior. I hold it together. You've got to learn to hold it together. And look, there's something else I want to talk to you about. that God gave me a word. I need to give it to you. And if you're writing this down, this is a special word. I said, God, give me a word for Mother's Day. He says, this is the word I want you to give them. Lighten up. Lighten up. Chill. And one of the things I saw, how many of you women love getting on the scale to see how much you've lost? Huh? How many know that you love a scale to be able to weigh yourself? How do you weigh your spirit? How do you weigh your spirit that exhorts and feeds your children and your husband? How do you weigh your spirit that creates the atmosphere in the home? How do you weigh your spirit? So I want to give you a few nuggets on how to weigh your spirit. So I hope you're uh, writing this down. So how do you measure your spirit? So here you go. Number one. Write this down. Are you still laughing? Are you laughing at life? My little niece is here and she, she looks so much like my mom. And so glad that her and Mike came, got to come today. But my mom's been gone for 28 years. And do you know what I can remember about her? Some things I've forgotten. But you know what? I will never forget the way her laugh sounded. Even to this day, I cannot forget the sound of her laugh. I can still hear it when I think about it. It's something that she gave me forever. My mom's laugh. It's something that my wife has. She's got a laugh that you can hear on the other side of Walmart. <laughs> She's got an awesome laugh. And it's something that, you know, I would never want to lose. That laugh changes the atmosphere. And, and, and it can be simple things. It can, it can be anything. But I know in my heart, as long as she's laughing, she feels alive inside. There's so many ladies losing loved ones, going through hard, difficult times. You've lost your laughter. Even some of your families told you, you used to laugh. Why don't you laugh anymore? 
And so that's one of the ways to measure your spirit. Are you still laughing? And number two, are you still celebrating? Are you still happy to be alive? Are you still celebrating life? Are you still celebrating your marriage? Are you still celebrating your children? Another one. Are you still bragging, praising your family? Are you still telling your children, you guys are awesome. I'm so proud to be y'all's mom. Are you telling your husband, what a great man you are. You make me feel complete as a woman. Are you bragging about your wife and your children? Another one. Do you only see the negative? Do you only see the negative? Well, they're never going to change. It's never going to change. It's always going to be that way. Why expect something better? They'll never change. Always looking for the negative in everything. And that starts to steal your laughter. I want to tell you something else that is still your spirit. And that, that's the feeling of being a stereotyped mom. Mothers, you don't have to be a mom like somebody else's mom. If you keep trying to be like somebody else's mom and you read on Facebook that this mom is doing this and this mom's doing that, this mom's doing that, and you can't do half of that, and you start saying, you know what, I'm just a failure as a mother. No, you're not. You're not her. You don't have to be like your mother-in-law. I, I don't want my wife to be like my mom. I don't want my wife to be the stereotyped pastor's wife. For example, everybody thinks every pastor's wife needs to do two things. Play the organ and sing. My wife can't play the organ and you don't want to hear her sing. Well, if you're going to be a pastor and she don't play the organ and she don't sing, why did you marry her? I married her not for the organ and the singing. I married her for other reasons. I don't care if she can play the organ or not. I'll buy a CD with an organ on it. I wanted her. I wanted Cindy. I didn't need a stereotyped pastor's wife. I, I, I'm told every week. I was told at National Day of Prayer. Well, you don't look like no pastor. I say, well, thank God. <laughs> Some pastor came up and said, where did you buy that tie? I said, Urban Outfitters. Who's that? I don't want to look like I work at a funeral home. That's not me. I don't want to be like on TV. I, I am Russell Cobb. You are who you are. And you are the mother. And you're raising the children the best you know how. And you are you. And if you keep trying to match up to your mom. Or match up to your sisters. Or match up to somebody on Facebook. Or match up to somebody on some sitcom. You'll never be Miss Cleaver on Leave it to Beaver. You're you. And so many women are so beat down because they feel, you know, I'm just not the right role model. I'm not just, I'm not the right type of woman. I, I don't have that talent. I don't have that gifting. Look, all you have to do is have the look in your eye. Men, say amen to this. You got to have the look in your eye. Let the man say amen. You gotta, my woman's got to have the look in her eye, the touch, and the tone in her voice. Hallelujah, boy. Now, now we can preach. Uh -huh. Uh, those three things is what nourish, nourishes the home. That's what creates the atmosphere for the baby. And so you've just got to lighten up. And I've got a scripture for that. 
Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Look what it says in the Amplified. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened. How many women can, can I see that right there? And I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle and meek, humble and lowly in heart. And you will find rest, relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good. Not harsh, harp, sharp, pressing, but comfortable, gracious and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be born. Can I hear an amen? amen. Say with me. I will not let my problems weigh me down. I'm casting them upon the Lord. Amen. You've got to learn to laugh, to live, and to enjoy life. Give your children something that they can remember. Proverbs 7, 20, 20, 17, 22, and I'll finish with this scripture, and I've got a story with it. A cheerful heart is good medicine for you and your family. But a broken spirit, look at this, a broken spirit, mom, saps a person's strength, yours and your child. Now, I want to tell you what's so interesting about this because a lot of people say, well, you just don't know how hard it is at my home. You don't know the battle we are at home. You don't know how rough it's been. Do you know whose scripture's favorite scripture that was? That was Abraham Lincoln's favorite scripture. Abraham Lincoln, during the Civil War, started quoting that scripture. And because he quoted that scripture, the newspapers started coming down on him because they said, we're in a civil war and the president doesn't care. President Lincoln used to invite friends over and they would come to, to him when he'd get ready to go to bed and he would have his friends tell him jokes every night. And they came on President Lincoln for that too. They said, we're in a civil war. You should be crying yourself to sleep every night. Why are you letting people tell you jokes? How can you be laughing at a time like this? He says, if I'm going to be the president that I need to be for this great nation, that I'm going to have to live a life laughing and not mourning and not crying. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And so, ladies, I want to encourage you. You need to surround yourself not with novels and stuff that bring you down. You need to encourage yourself with stuff that will lift you up. You need to be around people that will lift you up. You need to be around people who's going to brag about you and encourage you. But more than that, you need to be in the Word and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. And you have to get your laughter back. Even though you've been through a lot of things, the Lord can refresh and renew your laughter. Would you stand with me, please? He can refresh and renew your laughter. Why don't you close your eyes and just bow your heads. And Father, I come before you today. And Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to bless these ladies, to bless these mothers, these wives, these women created in your image. I thank you for this opportunity that we can, Lord, take this day and we can recognize and, and Lord God, acknowledge and value the value of mothers. Lord, I just ask you to heal every hurt and every wound. I thank you that every mother is being healed to the point where they can accept themselves and receive, Lord, the woman they are that you made them to be. Lord, I just thank you for healing families here today. I thank you for healing marriages. I thank you for blessing homes in the name of Jesus. Father, we come before you today and we ask you to give every, every mother, every woman here a great day today. 
Let them feel loved. Let them feel appreciated. Lord, I ask you to give their children and their husband and family the right words to say. Just encourage them. Lord, help us to not think about ourselves today, but today think about our moms and our wives. And let us be able to tell them how awesome and how wonderful they are. Let us think about them unselfishly. I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Your head is still bowed. Eyes are still closed. Before we dismiss, we have to ask you. You do not want to leave here if your heart's not right with Jesus. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord, you've never accepted him or you have, and maybe you've backslidden, you've wandered away. If you're here today and you know you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please raise your hand right there where you are and say, I I need to receive Jesus as my Savior right now. Anyone at all, anyone at all, just raise your hand right there where you are. I need salvation. I need forgiveness of my sins. Anybody at all today, anyone at all, I need to surrender my life to Christ. Raise your hand real high so we can see anyone at all. Say this with me. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving me your Son, Jesus, to be my atonement and my forgiveness and my redemption. I declare and I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Glory. Well, we want to thank you for being here. Don't forget all the different sign-up sheets we have in the far. You can check that out. Brother Jake's going to dismiss giving the announcements. Have a great day. Moms, you're the number one. You're awesome. You're a blessing. We bless you. Happy Mother's Day to you. In Jesus' name.